Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and today we're recording from my bedroom. This is a bonus episode. We'll call it uh, we'll call it a after dark edition of the unofficial Shopify podcast. And I'm in bed with my wife. Yes, my wife Julie Elster. Hello, Julie. Hello. And I was telling her that I I got an email from someone, a new client application. I get emails like this all the time where people go, I feel like I know you already from the podcast. And she said, but he doesn't actually know you because that's not what you're really like. And she's right. You know, like if I went around talking like this all the time, someone would probably murder me. It's an affectation. But at this point, like I can't help it. The mic turns on. I just start talking. I like sometimes this. want to murder you just listening to you. I'm often <laughs> in the background when he's recording these things and just listening to the way you speak. I'm like, oh. That's no, that's not the Kurt I know. What do you, you have a name for that voice. What do you call it? Oh, what do I call it? Now you put me on the spot. You call it the sales guy voice. Yeah, that might be it. Sales guy or business guy It's like you're, it's like you're on. That's like your voice. You're on. But yeah, it is. It's like you're being Mr. Super sales guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Everything's a little more forced. Yeah. And it kind of like. The pace changes quick up down. I used to call it like the on the phone voice. The phone voice. You know, voice. like you hear people you know well when they're on the phone. Was oh hi, uh. like yeah, it's it's a very on on voice. All right, so that is how I giving her the opportunity to give you shit to give me shit to knock me down a peg um, and, and pull the curtain back, reveal the truth <laughs> about me um, that, that I am an imposter. Um, well, I wouldn't was, go that far. No, okay. I, that's how I lured her into doing this. So we're both entrepreneurs. We're both self-employed and we both, um, well, and I, I talk a lot about my family, uh, in my, in my newsletter and drives and stuff just because it's, it's important to me and it's easy to speak to my own real life. Um, so, but I, I get a, a lot of questions about it where people say, Oh, what's it like? You know, how do you do that? And I'm actually, my wife is, uh, I'm one of my wife's clients. So while well, you work together. You know, sometimes she works from home and sometimes I work from home. Well, how do you do that and not kill each other? Like, there's a lot of questions about how do you have a successful marriage but also be two entrepreneurs? And I don't know if it's conscious or not, but we figured it out. It's never been a problem. Yeah. So, all right, the first question then is what's it like being self-employed in a marriage? Like what are some of the – what was frightening about that before you did it? Well, I think when you're employed in an office, I knew payday was at, you know, the the 30th or the 31st and the 15th of the month. So that was always something I could rely on. So going from that to I have to hustle and, you know, there's no set amount of money I'm going to be bringing home every month was frightening when I first jumped into it. And after you're doing it for a while and you figure out what you're doing, it becomes far less frightening. When you learn, like, I have multiple clients, so if one guy fires me, it's not the end of the world. Once you figure that out, it it calms you down quite a bit. But I think that initial fear, like, I mean, you know, you were there. I worked a full-time job and did Just Till Julie on the side for a long time, even though I was making enough money where I could have quit my full-time job because I was so terrified to quit my full-time job, where I was, like, doing Just Till Julie in my car, like on my lunch break, or I would sneak away from my desk and I would go downstairs in like the break room of my office and sit on my cell phone and be like doing my own business um, while I was working. So I think that was, it was the fear of leaving the security of the nine to five that I think was like the biggest hurdle 
to that overcome. Was, so you had me. essentially you had you had a nine to five full time job, salary job, paid well, had benefits. Yeah, and you also were doing a side hustle. Yes, at the same time. Yes, during your lunch break <laughs> from your car. Yeah, and I finally had to quit when I couldn't. I couldn't do them both anymore when it was interfering with my nine to five job, but I couldn't get everything done on my lunch break. And like, just, you know, when I had downtime at work, I would do my own stuff. And, but like, I got to a point where I couldn't fit everything in. And so I had to drop one or the other. So that was ultimately what pushed me to let go of the nine to five job and only do my business. That's how you knew it was time? Yeah, yes, when I could no longer juggle them both. You knew it was time when you couldn't do both. You didn't have enough time to do yes, both. Yes, yeah. Uh, and what, we never established, what is Just Tell Julie? Uh, it's an accounts receivable service. So basically, this is geared towards freelancers. Basically, I'm calling your deadbeat clients or your, not even necessarily deadbeats, but the consistent late paying clients. You have invoices that are going overdue. You don't know how to get your clients to start paying on time. I will step in and make those uncomfortable phone calls for you. Okay. And you also do some, some unadvertised virtual assistant work, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, all right. So when people say, when they're asking like, oh, what's it like to be in a marriage or a relationship with two self-employed people, a, like a double self-employed couple, I think what they're really asking is how do you not fight about money? <laughs> um... Wow, how do we not fight about money? Well, in the beginning, our money was separate. And so it was just like, you got to do your own shit. And I think that was motivating for me in the beginning. Because had I only, had I been also relying on your income, I think I probably would not have felt the pressure to really push myself and make it work. But it's like, I had, you know, when I quit my job, I had two kids and I had bills to pay. And obviously, had I fallen short, like you would have picked up the slack. But I didn't want that. I wanted to be successful. And so for me, it was, I've got kids I have to take care of. I have bills I have to pay. And so our stuff in the beginning was separate. And I think that's what motivated me. I remember early, yeah. And it was partly because you didn't want people to go, oh, well, she hit she hit the lotto because her husband yeah. is successful. So yes. she just quit her job and she's a stay-at-home mom. Yes, yes. And it was a conscious decision to keep things separate for a while. Like, I don't remember when, like, everything just became a combined income It was before for we us, got married, but, but not that much before. But I remember when I quit my 9-to-5 job, I was so pissed. My boss at the time went, you know, so, like, she called my department over and, like, oh, I just want to let everybody know Julie's going to be leaving us. Let's congratulate her. And she said in front of everybody, Julie's leaving to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of her kids. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I had been working really hard and she knew, like she knew I was going to be working from home. So I think she was just like stay-at-home mom. But I she, been, That was the thing you were trying to avoid. She was also, yes. And she was also annoyed that I was quitting. So I think that in all honesty was part of it. But... I was very annoyed by that because I had worked very hard at this business and it was taking off and I wanted recognition for that. And of course, I love being at home with my children, but I also wanted recognition for the hard work that I'd done. And luckily, other people, there was another supervisor who jumped in and was like, and her business, Just Till Julie, has really taken off. And she stepped in. But but that was something that really irked me and obviously still irks me because I remember it right now. But I didn't want, I wanted that recognition. I wanted 
people to know that this was something that I was doing and I wasn't just quitting for my husband to take care of me. So what do you, what was the hardest part about that transition from you've got your full-time nine to five to now your side hustle is just your job. That is your new reality. <laughs> That's like number one, because there's a lot of people who are in that position where it's I've launched my Shopify store or maybe I'm a Shopify consultant, but I also have a full-time job. And like you've established, it's when you can't focus on either is when yeah. you make the switch. But once you made the switch, what was tough about it? The hardest thing for me was keeping motivated. So when you work a nine to five job, there's always somebody breathing down your neck. Can there's you the done? stick. The yeah. The stick in the in the nine to five job, it's all stick. <laughs> yeah. So I had At like, least where you worked. Oh, I the job that I quit was awful, and I had a supervisor who. If I was chit-chatting with a coworker, and I remember very specifically, I had a coworker, it was right after Thanksgiving, and she stopped by my desk and I was like, hey, how's your Thanksgiving? My supervisor came by and was like, ladies, do you have any work that needs to be done? <laughs> like, apparently, you can't even be like, hey, how's your Thanksgiving? So when you're working a nine to five, the motivation is to not get written up, to not get hassled, to not get fired. I mean, there is clear motivation there's somebody there telling you this needs to be done by 3 p.m today or you know i mean there's it's crystal clear what needs to be done when it needs to be done so i go from that somebody looking over my shoulder all the time to you know i'm setting my own schedule i'm you know setting my own priorities with my clients i have to figure out what to do when to do it you know who takes top priority and and so figuring that out and staying motivated and going from like having to get up and get dressed and business casual and to being able to like work in pajamas with so many distractions because you're at your house can be challenging. So it was like finding and keeping the motivation to stay focused on the tasks at hand, I think for me. Like had I tried to do this in my mid-20s, I, there's no way I would have been successful. It just wouldn't have You'd, worked. You would say you in your 20s would not have the self-discipline. No, not at all. Not at all. And I think, f like, just for me personally, the motivation came from I have a family that I need to take care of. So that kept me on task. I think absolutely having, for me, getting married, um, having kids, wildly changed my perception of the importance of what I do at work in its in that it provides for my family. Yes. Because um, in my even, 20s, like, like, who cares? Like, in your, you know, when it's I, just you yeah. in your 20s, it's like, oh, you know, I just have a, if I have a cool apartment in the city that costs 900 bucks a month, like, what else do I need? Right. You know, and I take Ubers everywhere and drink at the bar. And as long as I can afford that, life is good. And you really actually don't need that much money to pull that off. Right. Where you go the other way With and it's kids, like, it's I've got kids. And, always something. <laughs> yeah. It's always something. And then you own a house. And then, of course, the house is like, uh, either it's something or it's, you know, like water starts spraying out of somewhere on Christmas Day, which is a real thing that, that happened. That happened, yeah. Um, or it's like, well, you know, we should we should redo the deck and redo the kitchen and all that stuff. Yes. Um, so it's, it's important. Like some of that creates an abundance mindset where it's like, all right, you, the shoe, you have to feel the shoe pinch to motivate yourself to be more successful. So like I will, early on what I would do is envision stuff I wanted. And it's like, I want a down payment for a house. I want a fancy sports car. Well, that would then drive me to be like, okay, let's sell more. Let's sell bigger projects. Let's get, provide people way more value so that they're super comfortable paying us more. And lo and behold, it worked. 
I've got clients who are doing seven figures, and I got the house and the cool car. I think that's true of a lot of things in life. And it's like, whether it's family or something else, like I lost a whole bunch of weight several years ago. And it's like and something... And again after the baby. And again after how the many, baby. But it's, How many? How many pounds? How many LBs? We don't need to get into how many LBs. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. But I'm saying like something has to motivate you. There has to be... Like you have to really want it. There has to be something in it for you that you really are trying to get to. And whether that's like with your business and you want a sports car or you have a big family or if it's you know, getting a degree or losing weight or what, like you have to have, you can't just be like, eh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a business. Eh, I'm going to drop 20 pounds this month. Like there, you really, there has to be focus. There has to be, there needs to be something large... inside you. You have to have purpose. Yes. Yeah. And now it's like every time I see our now 11 month old baby, almost 11 months I'm like, oh, well there's the purpose. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. So the other question then that I get is, oh, you know, you're both self-employed, which means you could set your own hours. Your wife works from home. Do you go, you don't have to go to the office. Like I could work remote. I could work from home. Um, I could work whatever hours I want. In reality, what is that like? Like, do we murder each other? <laughs> how do we, what are the, the pluses? My, like, how do you feel about it? So if you didn't have an office elsewhere. It's a badass office, by the way. <laughs> yes, it is. I think if you didn't have an office elsewhere, you would drive me crazy. <laughs> I think that I I need you out of the house for a certain period of time. Like it's sometimes I ask you to work from home. Like there have definitely been times when I've asked you to work from home or work a half day, come home. Yeah, yeah. Or and come it's home nice. Early. That I don't have to like we don't have to think about it. I could just do it. Right. Well, whether or not you actually do it is a different story. There's Mr. meetings and deadlines. Addicted to work, but. I am. So, like, okay, so we were at that wedding a few weeks ago, and we were talking to that couple who are also self-employed. Do you remember that? And they no, were, no, no. They both they they were, both work from they home. They work from home, and they have they were... a son who's the same age as our baby. And I was like, "How the hell do you two do this?" <laughs> and they said they work without murder. Yeah, they work in shifts where they both have their own offices, so they're separate, and they discuss ahead of time like who's going to take care of the baby from you know one p.m. to three p.m. while I'm working on this thing and yeah like i think there's separate there's some separation is important yes and i also yeah find even if they're in the same house they're intentionally <laughs> creating boundaries the days that you work from home you're hassling me quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> so like i get, get less handsy. yeah yes i get less done you get less done it's just it's a big distraction well look, look at this youtube video yeah wife Yes. Look at this rap video. Yes. Or you'll yeah. be like, make me a sandwich. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> make your it's own, worth it. it's make worth your own listen, goddamn sandwich. If you don't ask, you don't get. I see. Um, Will you make me a sandwich? Later. Okay. What? Um, okay. So I, I think the in all situations with a relationship, personal, professional, et cetera, the answer is communication. So like that couple clearly had worked out what the schedule was and therefore the boundaries. And so they had alone time. And I think that's important. And we... Like I have a stand, I work a standard schedule and go to the office so you can rely on that. And then the, like any other thing you simply ask, Hey, go to work or Hey, I need you home. Oh yeah. I often will kick him out in the morning. Yeah. I just keep sitting on the couch. Yeah. I'm like, get out, get out. Here's your, I make you a lunch and everything. So I'm like, here you go. Okay. Shifting gears uh, before we wrap it up. You 
collect on unpaid, on overdue invoices. You do accounts receivable for just tell Julie. Not debt collection level stuff. Like as soon as it escalates to a dispute, you say I'm out. Yes. Right. Right. So that the difference is it's like very it's customer service oriented. The invoices aren't. What would be like the max overage you do? I don't know that there's like a max overage, but I think if it gets, if the numbers get too high, it's a red flag because to me that says you've been working way too long with this person because I also won't take on invoices that are like over a year old. So if we're in like twenty, thirty thousand dollars overdue, it's like you didn't do that in a month most likely. You know, most of the people I work with, like if I see something that high, I know that this has gone on far too long and they've been working and working and working with unpaid invoices so it's a huge red flag so there's not necessarily like a max dollar amount but there's certainly red flags what um what is the why don't people so like when you i've seen it when you call on an invoice to get it paid that literally all that happens is you call up you say hey this is julie yeah from you know client company and i need to um, a calling in reference to invoice number whatever. Uh, can we, what do you say? Yeah, that's pretty close to it. It's just, yeah. I just get right to the point because I think a lot of people don't want to make those phone calls because it's awkward. And I'm not here to beat around the bush. Like I'm here to politely collect on an invoice. So yeah, that's basically how it goes. I introduce myself. I say I'm with the company, like whoever hired me with their company. Um, I let them know, hey, notice we had a past due invoice with you. Can we take care of that today over the phone? So I I put them on the spot right away. And I think the fear is the reason. So what's going on is most people will not, they, they want to keep the customer client happy. So they don't yes. call in an overdue invoice. Yes. And you will see it like in e-commerce, you'll see this with people of like the uh, vendors, um, their wholesale customers where they'll buy stuff on terms. Um, and then like it's way overdue and they're not paying it. And they get into this weird situation where they're like, and everybody does this, I've done this. Well, I don't want to lose the customer. It's so odd to me when people say that. Like, it's like somebody will hire me yeah. and they'll be like, I don't want to lose the customer. Like, and they I'm don't like, pay. You're the working, worst customer. Yeah, I'm like, you're, but you're working for free. Like, how is this benefiting you at all? Like, you're so, if you lose this client, you're not getting paid. Well, you're not getting paid anyway. Yeah, it's literally And now you'll free zero up time. Game. To work with a client who will pay you. Oh, that's the craziest part is when you see them continue to work for the person or send them stuff, hoping that it'll make them happy enough well, to pay them. That's why when I see, <laughs> yes, that's exactly why when I see like huge dollar amounts, I, I immediately am like, send me all the invoices. I need to look through this because often that's what happens. They'll just rack up invoice after invoice after invoice because they, they can, yeah, because they continue to work for this client who's not paying for them. And you're telling them, yeah. hey, it's okay to do this. Yes. And by I, doing so. You know, it's not like I'm calling up, you know, you deadbeat, pay your goddamn invoice. Like, it's a polite conversation. I'm, because that's never happened. It never escalates when I talk, ever. It never escalates. Now, I've had people who will either tell me they can't pay or they'll give me a reason why they're not paying or they'll say, like, hey, there was an issue and that's why I haven't paid. But it's always a polite conversation. Never has it has the conversation turned into something ugly. So you just show up, you say, well, so here's your options. And it starts with, hey, I need payment on this. And they say, well, I've got this issue. And you go, okay, if we could fix that, will you pay it promptly? Yeah. Yes. All right, sure. Yeah. And then number three, or then third is, all right, if it's a cash flow problem, we'll set up a payment yeah, plan. Yeah, I offer payment like plans. I, you know, I'm not here to be a jerk. Right. Like, we totally get it. Ca yes. In businesses, cash flow problems happen. Yes. Let's set you up in a payment plan, put it recurring on a credit card, and then neither of us have to worry about it. Right. 
Yeah, okay, I get it. Uh, any words of wisdom? All right, what's one tip for a couple? Give me one tip for a, a couple who are about both self-employed or want to be self-employed. What is it? Uh, communication, definitely. Talk about um, talk about your hours. Talk about where everybody's working. I think having some separation is important because I know like you and I are distraction to each other. <laughs> so work does not get done. So communication and separation, I think, at least for working hours, are key. Uh, wife, where can people go to learn more about you? Uh, JustTellJulie.com. Very good. And with that, I think I hear our baby waking up. She did just start crying when I was answering that last question, yes. All right, very good. Thank you, wife. (laughs) Thank you, husband. Mm -hmm.